So uh, peace to everyone, and we're uh, we're we're definitely glad to uh, hear back from Sisbasir and Sirajuddin, yes. and uh, you know continuing this discussion about the conditions inside of Indiana's Pendleton Correctional Facility. Uh, we know that when we last spoke, there were many issues as far as the conditions, as far as how this outbreak is being mishandled and uh, and further abuses. And, and so since then, I uh, have been getting updates uh, from Sisbasir as to uh, what's been going on there, the issues around uh, food, as well as just continued issues with spacing. And, uh, and we know that there have been hunger strikes within this past uh, week or so. And, uh, and, and even involvement with the National Guard as far as the facility is concerned. So uh, there's, there's been so much going on since we last spoke, uh, Siraj Adim. I'm wondering if you could just start us there with a, a general update. Uh, how are you and what are the conditions like, especially since we last spoke to you? Yeah. Let's see. As far as the condition-wise, I'm going to say everything's locked down except one unit. And that's what the unit they making everybody work at. Work unit. But the whole prison is locked down. Um, they still feeding everyone breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They give you a sack lunch, two sandwiches, and a drink pack, drink mix. There's, there's no nutrients, food, it's nothing, just bread and bread and meat, basically, or bread and peanut butter, all three meals. Um, maybe, I think, I want to say it's probably a count, maybe eight, eight inmates have died here thus far. Um, they had a, actually a riot, riot, but it's probably about six people that got to fight with uh, the staff members down here. But it's, it's not better, it's, it's not getting no better, it's getting worse. Oh, God. Basically starving us down here. To be honest with you. And you said how is that impacted? I'm sorry, no, I was gonna ask my son, how was that impacting you as far as we're fasting for the holy month of Ramadan? Um man, it's, it's a struggle. Um this is probably one of the worst Ramadans I've, I've ever went through. Do it for the sake of God. And at the same time, there's no nutrients here at all. They sort of give you some type of enhanced meal. They give they feeding us everything. They feeding all the rest of them. So enhanced meal is supposed to be double portion. You get regular sex like everybody else. Say And you say. You said that the only part of the facility that is not locked down is the work area. Uh, what kind of work are they having y'all do uh, during this lockdown and, and with heads dying um, behind this virus? Um, they have the people that work in the kitchen. Um, you have people that work maintenance. Um, you have people that work the yard. Um, that's basically just to, to like to run the facility. Things, certain people that help run the facility need inmates to help you sack up the sack lunches in the kitchen. You need inmates to help you tend to the garden and uh, cutting the grass or taking the trash up. You need inmates to help you 
take care of the maintenance, uh, plumbing, um, heat and air, stuff like that. That's it. Besides that, nothing else moving. No law library, no gym. Can't give you no wow. type of recreation. Um, yeah, it's been over over a month and a half going on too much. No recreation and uh, no law library. Uh, we ain't seen a counselor out here during that, so it's come see you every day. A counselor ain't been out here maybe two weeks. My God. They don't care. They're they're making that uh, as as plain as possible, and it just it just is despicable, and and it speaks to the the fact of of prison slavery um, in such stark terms to to just allow allow this to to go on and and show so little concern for for human life. Uh, so speak speaking to that, uh, what about medical? Is there any? Uh, are you seeing any changes to the complete lack of of uh, health care that that you spoke to when we last spoke? They they start quarantine more, but they basically just they clear out one building with whole cell houses and throwing people in the cell. If they too bad off, they take them up there in medical and put them all in like all in one dorm. But no, mm-hmm. it's, it's nothing that's changed. It's not got worse. And have you have you heard anything or uh, encountered uh, anything around uh, these hunger strikes that we've been hearing about? Is there is there anything with regard to that that you would uh, be able to speak to? I, I'm not 100 percent sure about the hunger strikes because we don't have access to those other uh, dormitories. We don't have access to the work unit and. That's, yeah, I haven't heard anything pertaining to a hunger strike yet. But 9th, 19th, if it's going on, it's either H or GB or whatever they hunger strike. No doubt. And recently, within the past few days, it was on the 6th, if I'm not mistaken, uh, another uh, brother, another human being was, was gunned down by these slave patrollers. This was in Indianapolis, uh, Sean Reed. I'm wondering if, if uh, you had heard about this and if there was any uh, response or or how has their feeling about uh, about that occurrence um, on the inside where you are? Um, yeah, I saw it on the news and I know some of his like, friends in here. You know, it, it's sad in a lot of these people because some of them knew him. A lot of the inmates knew him of him or some of them knew him from the street. But uh, the brother who was... And, uh, it was uh, ex-military, and the police shot him on a high-speed chase. Yes. Yeah, yeah yes. It's, it's, it's sad that a lot of people here, a lot. Some there's a lot of brothers out here from Indianapolis, a lot of people in Indianapolis out here. And no other brother. So it's just a, another another example of this, this same prison slavery that that is costing you know us so much human life uh and it, it it really is it's unconscionable so what about this uh national guard presence that uh we've heard about are they still present there and and what role uh did they have 
in all of this? Was this in response to the uh, six or so individuals who who were uh, uprising to some degree, or that, who were who were uh, responding physically to these uh, overseers in there? Yes, sir. And it was a response to that and response to their short staff here. And so a lot of the staff were refused to come in because of the coronavirus. They refused. It's just patients that exposed, so they don't want nothing to do with it. So they'll call off sick. They won't come in like right now. The National Guards are not actually working inside the prison, but they're working all the towers that, that surround the prison. It might be like maybe nine or 12 towers that surround the prison, and all of them are being um, occupied by the National Guard. So their presence is still here. They were for like a couple of weeks, walking around the prison and, and doing things. And, Are you, you still there? Yeah, I put my hand over the phone because it's kind of noisy. No doubt. Appreciate that. So how about releases? Uh, everywhere, you know, here, uh, you know, where where I am and everywhere that I'm aware of, there have been minimal releases of individuals based on this outbreak. Usually those who are either most vulnerable or um, have some kind of uh, connections um, have have been afforded releases of various types. Uh, have have you encountered uh, any such releases where you are? None. Not a one. And they keep giving you an excuse. They put like a, a memo up saying you can write these people at a certain time or call these people at a certain time. Um, state public defender's office or whatnot, whatnot, but they don't even pick up. So no, no one has been released. It's, it's almost like a sham, it's a joke. And given that there have been so many deaths uh, at that one facility, how are they managing the, the, uh, the, the public response to that? How are, how are they, how are they getting away with basically in, in, in the public uh, allowing for these deaths, uh, basically, you know, being responsible for uh, several deaths behind this, several uh, likely very avoidable deaths, and just continuing to, to work people and not feed them and releasing no one. Ha it, it, have you noticed any ways in which they are um, managing the, the, the public image of, of, of what they're doing and, and how heinous uh, they're lack of response has been to all of this. But the, the only thing they're doing is locking us down. That's it. They, they have went from, they stopped the spread of everything, locked the whole prison out. The only people that's out, again, all the workers. So, you know, that, that, I guess they feel like they'll prevent the spread of the COVID-19. But if someone has any type of symptoms or anything, you're putting them around people that actually have it. So now you're putting this person at more of a risk for it. Well, nah, it's, and to be honest with you, everything we see on the news, it's, it's almost like a cover up. They're not even saying the actual people that's dying in, in, in Thompson. They won't even show it. So, Roger Dean, this, like this is Scotty. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um, uh, greetings to you again. Um, just wanted to do some follow up from the last time we spoke. So, the last time we spoke, 
um, there was a veterans group, an outside group, um, who had made some masks and uh, one of them ended up testing positive for COVID-19. But my question is more related to like, like, are y'all being supplied with enough masks? Um, what about hand sanitizer or just regular soap? Or, and um, are they regularly like, you know, allowing y'all to disinfect the common areas? So can you tell us what that, what that, um, if any of those sort of protocols and your supplies are, are in place? Okay, no hand sanitizer at all, period. Um, they passed out one mask, which is like a cloth mask where you, you have to wash it over and over again. Um, a soap that might give every inmate here a, a bar of soap once a month. Disinfecting-wise, you know, they had they pass out chemicals. You have to disinfect your, you know, your, uh, your living quarters yourself. But what, what type of chemical? You for hand sanitizer. Um, uh, it's, it's, be honest with you, it comes in a clear bottle and it's green. That, that's all I know. They don't they don't give you bleach or any any right real disinfectant. It's just some, some green type chemical they mix up. That's kind of similar um, to what I heard in another report about they were giving the inmates some kind of blue stuff. And, you know, and, and, and so, you know, it, the CDC has put out guidelines that said that any disinfectant, including hand sanitizers, but surface disinfectants has to be 70% alcohol based or if you like you just mentioned it has to be so many parts of bleach so are so you're saying that they're not giving you anything that's based on uh actual um elements that could that are used for disinfecting and they're giving you some kind of green not solution. At all. Not at all. okay not, not at all they, they, uh, it's the bare minimum is that so they can say okay well we did get y'all soap it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's almost like they, they, they're trying to not prevent it, but trying to help help spread it. Hmm. This this place is sad, man. Seriously, it's, it's really sad. Man. What's it sounds testing? like that's exactly what they're trying to do. What what's the testing situation like? Um, because we heard a recent report out of the federal detention facility in Brooklyn, uh, in New York City, um, and what we were hearing is that they are destroying medical records to hide the number of positive cases, so they don't have to provide medical treatment or you know just to hide the fact that they have so many positive cases. Our our inmates are. Say that again, Sarah. The only way you can get tested, you can get tested down here is they send you to an outside hospital. They're not testing in this prison at all, period. If you have symptoms, and they'll quarantine you for two weeks. And if they show worse, then they'll send you to an outside hospital and they have to test you. By then, these folks die. Well, that's what we heard from New Jersey as well, uh, from the Department of Corrections, that they're basically not testing anyone until they are so sick they require hospitalization so potentially on their deathbeds before they even test them that's exactly what's going on now Tag. yeah so given your experience with these kinds of carceral spaces with these prisons and 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 <clears throat> the fact that 
you know, uh, as as is mentioned in the uh, in the campaign page, uh, where um, heads are helping to raise funds to um, you know fight this wrongful conviction, it speaks to your encounters with with these uh, with these prisons, um, especially at a young age. Uh, how how does this moment inside of Pendleton compare with your other uh, experiences um, with these kinds of uh, prison plantations? By far the worst. Um, I know this is sad to say, but I got locked up at an early age. The first time I, I was 15, and I was with a friend of the family, and he was, you know, he was kind of wild, and we was on our way. I think to a mall early one morning. He pulled the gun out, robbed some people on the train, and they locked us up. I had nothing to do with the robbery. And when I got locked up, they said the robbery was the same type of robbery that happened. So they could put almost like three, maybe four other robbers on me. I was wrongfully convicted of those and sentenced to 20 years in Georgia prison. Now, dealing with that and dealing with the fact that my mother was wrongly convicted when I was a child. So they, they, it's, it's almost like they snatched me, snatched my mother from me. And then years on down the line, they got worse when I was wrongfully convicted. As far as the living situation down there, it was 10 times better. Um, medical wise, um, respect wise, as far as the staff, it, you'll actually be able to get something done. Now here, it's almost like it's, 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 it's race, racially. The whole thing is racial. If, if you're not a certain skin color, you're not a certain type of inmate, um, you're not with a certain type of charge, they tend to um, cater more towards the guys in here that's locked up for child molestation. Uh, um, just this heinous crimes dealing with children that their their population is more of that so they cater to them and they, they literally make time worse it's, I have never experienced nothing like this at all it's, it's sad it's, it's sad as far as me being wrongfully incarcerated down here it's pathetic it goes from the judges the detectives the DA, everybody. I came out here really on vacation. I might have been wrong for trying to help somebody get out of the city of Atlanta because he was facing another charge up there, but we was on vacation up here. Nobody got shot, nobody got harmed, nobody got killed. We was riding around the car smoking weed with a local drug dealer, and I'm sitting here in prison now for attempted murder with no gun in the car. The judge told uh, uh, me in that court where my, my officer found a gun up under your leg in the car and they got the whole traffic stop on body cam there's no gun no weapon found in the car he told me the reason one, one of the reasons I'm finding you guilty is because there's a loaded 9mm handgun up under your leg in the back seat of the car it, it was it was pathetic um yeah and, and about that though um who was the so called victim 
Okay, now if you if he charged if he found you guilty, even though like you mentioned the last time we spoke with you, law enforcement said basically testified that y'all didn't do anything wrong and they had followed y'all, you know, to the restaurant, watch you eat and stuff before they pulled you over. Um, so if there's an attempted murder charge, no who there was no victim. There's no victim. No, no one came to court saying I pointed a gun at them. They see me with a firearm. I threatened their life. No, it was just DEA agent, one DEA agent, and four detectives. That was after the local drug. There was, was like, well, we believe he was up here to kill somebody. We believe there was no physical evidence. It, just, it was just an officer opinion evidence. So, That's but wait a minute, though. wait a minute, Roger Dean. So, but still. Because, you know, we, for example, the Tiger King, which you probably haven't seen because of where you are, there's a murder for hire plot. This guy was was charged with attempted murder because he was hiring somebody to murder one of his rivals in the big cat business. So Carol Baskins would be named as his intended victim. Who was named as your intended victim? I never seen him. I never got his name. At all, they gave. They say somebody a confidential informant's uh, number. A confidential informant. They, okay. Wow. They said they said it was a confidential informant, and they put his his, his what's called a snitch number up. They never seen never seen a picture of the guy. I never knew his name. I never knew a nickname at all. Period. He never came to court. He never testified. He never. It, it's no victim. And they, they're trying to say I was being driven past his house a minute, a minute and a half, and then went to a restaurant and ate. But a DEA agent gets on a stand and says, well, two to three weeks prior to y'all locking them up, me and my uh, co-defendant, the, the confidential informant came to them and said his life was in danger, so they moved him out of town. So he was never even there. Okay. At all. There's no yeah. gun in the car. Um, I, I, don't, I don't understand this at all. I don't. Well, I understand it. The system is corrupt. And it's, you know, and some people would say it's designed to do exactly what it's doing. But a system is only as good as the people in it. And apparently, you know, you had the misfortune of getting some of them corrupt people that's just looking to put somebody behind bars. Unfortunately. It's another thing. My co-defendant's lawyer put in certain motions. And they OR'd him on the same charge, on his own recording. So it's like a signature bond. And I got sentenced to 35 right. years for it. I'm trying to get these same motions that his lawyer put in to go with my the new things I'm entering to the court now. And I've been trying to get it for a month and a half. They've been lying to my mom, lying to the counselor. They won't send it. They wrote me back saying it's public records. You're going to have to pay for the records. I sent them a check trying to get these records and these courts still won't send it because they know this is showing the proof that one my lawyer was ineffective two that which y'all did was wrong you wrongfully convicted this man for nothing all you had was an officer telling his opinion giving his opinion on something no physical evidence no circumstantial evidence nothing so Roger D do you have an attorney or is that what the fundraiser is for to hire an attorney to handle your appeals the fundraiser is for the hired attorney to, uh, to help me with a bill. The, the attorney I had at trial was um, a guy named William Hawkins. That yes, sec- 
I'm no. sorry, son. Ineffective. A very ineffective. Ineffective, exactly. Exactly, mom. He literally did nothing. He looked at me through the whole trial. But my mama and everyone has been trying to help me raise money to get a lawyer so I can get my appeal in. It's, it's, it's sad. It's, it's... So, Roger D, not trying to cut you short, son. Could you tell Brother Scotty and Tag what this lawyer literally said to you leading to your wrongful conviction? Could you re Do you recall what he said to you? Oh, he told me I had a Muslim name. Um, he was like, where you got a Muslim name, you have a past conviction. You have one minute remaining. You're African-American man in Indiana. They're going to find you guilty regardless. You're going to have to go down the road and appeal your case. He, he basically gave up before we got to the courtroom. This phone's going to hang up. Thank y'all. Thank you, brother. Love To be continued. too, mama. Inshallah. Um, to the other brother, I appreciate y'all. Y'all take care. And I, I hope I answered all the questions I can as, as, as best as possible. Man. To be continued. Sound like All right, peace to you, brother. Be safe.